clapping again i i was just gonna say i'm back to my old habits <laughs> welcome back thank you i wanted to record in bed again but miles is in bed and refused to leave so wow i mean here could, i am you could have recorded next to him we could have gotten colored commentary <laughs> I, he was like i'll be very quiet and i was like i don't trust that yeah so hello hi how are you i'm great how are you good what's new it's fall not oh i guess it is technically officially fall yeah finally i love fall so i, I saw i saw on it. your instagram a photo of you holding a pumpkin so you know it you know it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we um we carved pumpkins yesterday oh yeah so that was fun at our friend's house and there were kids there we were helping them carve pumpkins too it was cute, cute. i love a fall activity i love a pumpkin item i'm unashamed of my like basic fall you know what are they calling it like christian girl autumn christian girl autumn yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> minus the religious religious connotation that's totally me <laughs> but do you are you wearing like all cream and uh, jeans with little boots no but i definitely was fall falled out yesterday i had uh jeans on i had my brown sweater my yellow i felt like a leaf <laughs> <laughs> feeling like a pollen leaf <laughs> oh god so yeah so that's been that's just enjoying the change in weather it's not super hot and mucky here anymore so mm. that's enjoyable and uh other than that i only have one thing but what, what are you doing what's going on in your life how are you living um i think this I, I was about to say i think the only thing going on which is gonna be sad because i'm about to talk about a tv show oh, but... i love it um, we started watching The Fall of the House of Usher, which is the new, like, Bly Manor, Midnight Mass people oh, show. Oh, okay. So I know you hated Midnight Club, but yeah. this is the next one. Okay. And it has a lot of actors that I really love. And so I think we're on episode, we might have finished episode four or five last night. And so and far... So far, it's good. I mean, it, it's it's kind of, you know how all of those shows so far are like, you're not sure if weird things are happening or if people are psychological, like maybe, yeah, or if it's all psychological. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very that so far. And the um, acting, the, the, the cast, you're feeling good about it. Do you feel like it's too many ideas? I know. So I didn't like Midnight Club. You didn't care for Midnight Mass. Yeah. So it's so far it's satisfying the midnight mass uh, outlier in this demographic. Well, you know, I don't know because Maybe midnight not. mass, I feel like uh, there was like five characters total. I so it was easy to. Why? I, mean, I know. It was, it, it, was, it, it was not that hard to like follow who these people were and whatever. Mm -hmm. and, but there was like 85 different themes in the show. <laughs> This this show has it, it, the first episode starts with like legitimately like sixteen to twenty people and 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 they're all somehow connected to each other and you're kind of like who is this uh, at first uh, but then it it starts to make more sense sort of mm -hmm. um, but it is kind of like it, it's weird it's you know in the vein of the other shows where it's like why uh why is this happening like what is actually going on here um 
So it's uh, it's strange, but I'll, I'm reserving my final judgment until, until we get the through end. the whole. Yeah, I think we only have like three more episodes. So okay, did I have seen that little thumbnail? But I did, I wasn't aware it was the same people. So yeah, I have the, been kind the main of reason I it. knew that was because the thumbnail had the woman from Bly Manor, okay. um, and I I. Th- I can't remember if she was in Midnight Mass or not. She's the black woman who's bald. Um, and she was like the... Oh, the yes. Main the house, uh, house, house maintenance person. Yeah, like the house manager, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. House manager uh, in Bly Manor. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love her. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's the same people. Ooh, I just got chills thinking about her story arc in Bly Manor. Yeah, that was her story favorite. arc in this show is different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm interested. I, I'll give it a shot. I Did okay. you ever end up watching The Midnight Club or no? I didn't just because you were so vehemently opposed to it. <laughs> if you're ever looking for like a spooky show after you watch this one, maybe just give the first episode a watch and see if you feel like it's a glamorous guilty watch okay. or not. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the, um, the only thing we've been watching, or I've been watching, and I'm late to the game, it's a show on Hulu called Claim to Fame. Have you ever heard of it? Okay. No. Okay, so the only reason I heard of it in the first place, other than seeing the thumbnail and kind of skipping past it, was, do you remember, maybe last year, it must have been the second season premiere, a, a video went viral from a TV reality show, and of course, I saw the memes, so I needed to research <laughs> what it was. <laughs> okay. And it was from this show, and the concept of the show is- Wait, before you before you explain the concept of the show, what was the meme? It was of Tom Cruise's daughter, or Tom Cruise's relative, <gasps> not Tom, oh, Tom Hanks's relative. Tom Hanks, yeah, 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 and she's like, I'm Tom Hanks's niece, and yes, like, leaves and losing crying her mind. Yes. Okay, so I needed to know what that was from. So I looked it up at the time, and I kind of got it, but I kind of didn't. And I was like, whatever, it's hilarious. And then recently, this show just keeps getting popped up on my list. And I was like, all right, let me see what this is. And so the concept of the show, it's so funny. (laughs) I love it. It's There's like 10 contestants. It's hosted by, um, what's his name? Not Nick Jonas, Kevin Jonas. Wow. Yeah, Kevin Jonas. <laughs> Wait, it's hosted by Kevin Jonas and his brother, who's not in the band. I think Frankie Jonas is his name. There's a fourth Jonas. I think there's a. I think there's five, but there's definitely four. Whoa. And um, the concept of the show is all of the contestants are non-famous celebrities or relatives of celebrities, but not famous themselves for anything. Okay. And they're all competing to discover the identity of each other's celebrity relative. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's really fun. It's called Claim to Fame. And that's why the host is um, the non-famous Jonas Brother, because they just play off it the whole time. Um, Interesting. And it's really funny because they're lying. They're not lying. There's challenges where things get revealed. It's funny because as a viewer... I've only seen the first season so far, and I'm in the finale, so I don't even know who wins. But as a viewer, some of the talking heads of the contestants, they will reveal very early on who their celebrity is to the to the uh, viewer. Uh-huh. Okay. But some of them, I still don't know right now, and I'm in the finale. So I'm guessing along with some of the contestants. Oh, that's fun. Okay, so I shouldn't like read up on it, because part of it is trying to figure it out. If It depends on if that kind of thing matters to you. I would watch like maybe the first episode or two and see if you care (laughs) about the spoiler aspect of it. Um, I mean, I obviously know season two, episode one, (laughs) 
Tom Hanks's niece or whatever goes home. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I just have to say, after watching the whole first season almost, I watched everyone go home basically, and no one has that kind of reaction or even close to it. So <laughs> it really, <laughs> it really lives up to the, its infamy. So that's I what I've been watching. <laughs> We started, uh, there's a new season of F-Boy Island. Did you ever oh, watch that? That's on uh, HBO, right? Well, it was, and now it's on CW. Oh, LOL. I, I um, I didn't, but I it's on my list. Oh, oh my God, Matt. It is so good. And Nikki Glaser is the host, and she's so oh, hilarious. Because the whole time, they, she is just roasting everyone alive while they're on the show. Like... It's just incredible, and uh, all of uh, it's just so funny. And the pr- premise for anybody who doesn't know is it's a dating show, but so it's like three women and twenty men, and half of the men are self-proclaimed f boys, and half of them are self-proclaimed nice guys. And basically, at the end, in addition to like quote unquote true love, lol, uh, <laughs> if you if one of the girls picks a nice guy, they split like two hundred thousand dollars. But if she picks an f boy and he's like like sneakily gotten to the end, convincing her he's a nice guy, then he walks away with all the money and she walks away with nothing. That's so gross. I can't wait. So it's it's just a ridiculous. <laughs> premise and everybody is absurd and then you have nikki glazer providing like commentary the whole time being like aren't these people stupid <laughs> yeah, i love it i love it so much um oh, that's great so yeah so the third season just started anyway okay i'm gonna check it out next time look we are look i haven't i'm still so behind on love is blind okay I've oh, only seen okay. season one of that one. Oh, <laughs> wow. How sick is that, right? And I was obsessed with it. I don't know what happened. We well, it, were on other shit. Well, it was such shit. a pandemic experience, it you know? It was, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I was obsessed with it, and I want to watch the other ones. We even started some show at one point and had to abandon it because we realized we didn't know any of the contestants. <laughs> it was like all people from those shows competing against oh. each other. <laughs> Oh my God, Matt! You're talking about um 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 something like, like Last it, Chance at Love or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Which, by the way, is coming back, and that show is amazing. I mean, we liked it. We were watching the first uh, couple of episodes, but I literally only knew who one person was, and it was from the guy from season one of Love Is Blind. Yes, and yes, I, yes, Shane. Yeah, he was like the meaty meathead guy. Yeah, blonde, kind of like d- dopey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, I know him, and these people are funny, but I don't really, like, know it. So I was like, I should probably go back and finish Love is Blind before I watch this, at least. Well, that show is amazing, because not only does it pull together the people from Love is Blind, but it also pulls together, like, the grade-A people from, uh, like, Love Island and Too Hot to Handle and all kinds of really high-quality dating shows. And then it makes them competitively date, which is just hilarious (laughs) i mean Um, when i saw that the concept was like competitive dating like even like less guised than any other show (laughs) yes i just thought that was hilarious so it's that show is good and i think the second season is coming back soon yeah i've been i've been binging through a bunch of like these little shows that i've been wanting to watch so uh maybe that'll be next i actually was just talking about this yesterday love is blind 
Oh, <sighs> that's what I was going to say. Love is Blind. The most recent season mm. just finished, mm-hmm. and it was the worst season yet. So when you get to season five, you can... I would strongly advise just skipping it. It was really bad. <laughs> oh, yuck. Okay, I will do that. I did... Um, Speaking of finishing series, and this is the last thing I got, I finished Face Off. Or not Face Off. Uh, what's it called? Glow Up. Glow Up. Thank you. Me too. Just the Literally just yesterday, I finally finished the last episode. Yeah, I finished a couple days ago myself, so I think I'll, maybe we watched at the same time. But That's so funny. I, uh, a, I was happy with the winner. I was thrilled with the winner because it's who I wanted yeah. to win the whole time. Yeah, she was the best. So good from day one. And yeah. I just loved her. And I honestly, you heard my opinion on, on Glow Up flat if you were was listening to our side quest <laughs> and it did it does get better as the seasons go on i will say the level of talent increases in my opinion and the, yeah like, i would agree talent the challenges i mean you know yeah so i i i'm not redacting what i was saying i'm just clarifying after the first two seasons i was a little <laughs> befuddled by some of what i was seeing even oh my god and when i got to the episode where the cat i forget i think it was <gasps> kieran did. The meme? Oh, oh. No, oh, that was hilarious, too. The first... <laughs> but the one Kieran did the barbed wire on the lips, and it was literally like an impression of what you said. <laughs> I'm gay, yes. so I did, like, barbed wire on my lips. <laughs> I could not even breathe. I literally was dying, because <laughs> all I, I cannot... could do was hear your impression. <laughs> I cannot believe Kieran made it to the top four, is all I will say. I mean, you saw what, what they produced in the top four, right? I sure did. I think that says it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like we should get to the book. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Um, this was unique. Finally reading the book again. It's been I know. Uh, a while, so it was uh, nice to get my bearings. <laughs> this will be an easier edit. <laughs> yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Chapter 13, Under the Dust. It's like the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, icon is the little snake vipery thing in the box, going around the box, and it's for Forsaken, it says mm. online, which is interesting from after reading this chapter. Mm. So, uh, it begins with Nynaeve, and she is enduring, I would say, lessons with Theodrin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who is trying to break through her block in various ways, get her to channel without being angry. Uh, I think the quote was, she wants her to learn to surrender to Sidar without first being angry enough to bite it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that line. Yeah. So she's, I think the most recent test was throwing cold buckets of water on her to shock her. And mm-hmm. uh, that resulted in, it sounds like a tussle between the two. Like, yes, <laughs> punching each other in the face or swinging at each other. So we're, we're arriving in the end of that. It's basically like a sitcom moment. Yeah. <laughs> And Theodrin tells her, you know, you need to surrender, as I said. And Nynaeve says it's hard for her. And she's like, no, duh. Uh, I've been doing this with you for a while. And Mm. she says that she does notice Nynaeve is trying to surrender. She recognizes it. But at the end, she's like clinging on for dear life. And the only time she channels is when she's too angry to remember to to hold on to it. Yeah. And uh, Theodrin does like a kind of cool water ball channeling trick <laughs> to get all the uh, water from the scuffle out of the room, which I thought was cool. And I was just picturing Alex Mack. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and, you know, tells Nynaeve to get yourself dressed and 
we're going to do more practice. And they do hours worth of basically novice exercises, the flower bud and all of that. And Mm -hmm. the quote I wrote down was, Nynaeve tried to be a dandelion seed floating on the wind, the earth drinking in spring rain, a root inching its way toward the soil. And I was like, that's who I want to be. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) I want to be that girl. (laughs) I want to be the dandelion floating seed floating on the wind. Oh, absolutely. (sighs) So nothing's working as Nynaeve expects. But I think it's interesting because the whole point of these exercises is to clear your mind and actually focus on those things. And we're reading Nynaeve's inner dialogue, which is nothing. This isn't going to (laughs) work. Right. So she's not really focusing, but she's doing what she thinks she is the best she can. And she's just getting frustrated. So lesson ends, nothing gained in Nynaeve's opinion. She heads out and she sees in the distance Tarna Fair in the crowd. And that's a red Aja. She's from the tower, right? Yeah, she's the emissary that Elida sent. Yeah. Okay. So she is, sees her in the distance, tries to avoid her gaze, obviously. And uh, she's like, I got to get back to my room because she was given homework. Her homework is to stay up all night (laughs) because shock didn't work, exhaustion might. So that's Nynaeve's homework. She's excited. (laughs) She, uh, she's hungry. It says she has to settle for only two pitiful apples. (laughs) Two pitiful apples. (laughs) That's our next podcast, Two Pitiful Apples. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she gets home to the room that she's staying in with Elaine, and Elaine does the thing that, like, sucks if you have a partner or anyone you live with, that just, don't do this to each other. (laughs) She just emotionally (laughs) unloads on her, no hello, no, how are you, where have you been? (laughs) What happened to, hello, what happened to, my name is. Yes, (laughs) it's like oh i'm so glad you're home i have had a day and she just goes on and on and on about how all the eyes that die in her lessons are driving her crazy they're basically burning down the burning down the house (laughs) when they're trying to channel and trying to use trongreal or make trongreal and i think one of the things she suggests is one of the I said I channeled something that was kind of like fire, but more powerful. Do you think it was Balefire? No, basically she was trying to create Tarongreal and and failed and turned something into like molten metal that almost God. killed her. Okay, good. I was like, that is extreme. If <laughs> Maybe we should stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so it's, it's not going well for them, but I almost feel like Elaine in this moment is one of those people who like is just excited to have a job to complain about. <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, these children, I'm so high above them when really, like, they're controlling everything they're doing right now. She's also really annoyed about Marigan because she's been driving her crazy. And Nynaeve's like, where is Marigan? She's like, oh, mm-hmm. she's next door. Don't worry, I'm wearing the bracelet. But uh, she just keeps going on and on about going back to Camelin. And Nynaeve is like, well, maybe McGeddian is right. And... Nynaeve, like, heard herself say it and wonders if it was, like, safe to. But she's like, ah, we're alone. No one's going to hear it. And Elena's like, uh, can you not just blurt that out? That wasn't... And she says, that wasn't wise or something like that. And uh, Nynaeve is like, listen, any day now, people people are already suspicious of some things that I can't quite explain or I don't feel comfortable lying about. And 
they're going to start asking more questions. People are going to ask who these children are really related to, and they find out that they're not really Americans. They're going to start asking more questions about her and how I know what I know, and it might not be a bad idea to get out of here. Yeah. And she tells Elaine about the eavesdropping event and what she heard, which Elaine is like, what the hell, are you crazy? She's like, listen, whatever. I, I can't wait for you to figure out this ward thing. So I went and listened. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they're considering it, I think, because their their message back to Elida is we need time to reconsider. So that's not a good sign. So we got to go tell Rand. And Elaine is like, this is dumb. Like, all they said is they're reconsidering. We're not jumping the gun. We're not leaving. All it means is they're reconsidering. And who knows what that means? What, are we going to go to Rand and tell him maybe something's happening? Possibly? Yeah. And what are we, what do you, how do you think we're really going to get to Rand? Like, what, this isn't, this is not logic. And she says we should stay until we have at least an idea of what's actually going on. And maybe if we're really worried about, you know, their decision, maybe we could sway it if we stay here. And then Eve's like, oh, yeah, they listen to us all the time. <laughs> They're basically like, they, this is, what are we supposed to do? What do you want me to say? We're not leaving. I want to leave. I don't want to leave. And they right. go back and forth quite a bit. And ultimately, Elaine kind of assuages Nynaeve's concern. She's like, Swan and Leanne are not going to willingly go back to Elida. So we'll at least have a heads up if something happens. Then, then we can bounce if we have to. And then um, they chat back and forth. What about the children? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about these kids. I know I should care about these kids because their parents were probably killed and, you know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I imagine the last book, they're the they're the true dragon reborn. Um, yeah. So they're going back and forth. What are we going to do? And as they do, in true Aes Sedai fashion, the t- door flies open. <laughs> and in walks. Drama. T- drama. It usually happens in the tower, but it's happening here. <laughs> And Tarna Fair walks in, and she reads them to filth. The library is open. She says, oh, so, the Queen of Andor and the Crippled Wilder. (laughs) So so nasty. (laughs) So nasty. She tells Elaine, listen, there's a big search on for you from the White Tower. We have a lot of, you know, the Amerlin is very interested in you, so why don't you come back to Tarvalon? That's probably the best place for you. And by the way, my autocorrect changed that to Tar Salon. Oh my god. <laughs> so the reality show happening somewhere in Tarvalon. <laughs> in a salon. Okay, where... listen, if there is not a hairstylist in Tarvalon called Tar Salon, there is a big missed business opportunity there. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> so um Elaine is like, thanks, but no thanks. And Tarna is like, well, fine, leave us. And when she is dismissed, she leaves, and Tarna kind of relaxes a little bit and puts a little smirk on her face, but her eyes stay steely. And she tells Nynaeve, I won't bite, don't worry. And she says, I know you have a block, and I remember the block being beaten out of me by, was it Galena or Galinda? Galena. Galena, thank you. I had Galinda, and I was like, that doesn't look right. Um, Galinda the Good Witch. So she remembers the block being beaten out of her by Galena, and she says... Her block, I think, was she couldn't channel with her eyes open. Correct. And she's surprised by Theodrin's gentler methods, which she would consider gentler. And she tells her... Because she's not literally beating you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, she tells her, you're... It's it's like a repeat of what we just heard, but 
cater to Nynaeve. You're, you should go to the tower with me because you can tell us more about Rand. And she's like, well, why would I do that? What's your intentions with Rand and the tower? And she says, well, he is to be guided. He needs to be guided. Uh, that is his... She uses Aes Sedai language. It doesn't sound like she's breaking any of the oaths. Like, not so I don't know if I would think this person would be Black Aja. Do we know if this person's Black Aja or not? We don't know. I don't know if I think she is because her language here was very Aes Sedai careful. Okay. And I feel like she would have just outright lied. So okay. I don't totally... And she's read Aja, but I don't... There's something about her that I don't not... That I don't distrust in the same way, you know? Yeah. Um, but she basically says in Aes Sedai talk without breaking the oaths that they are interested in Rand and in guiding him and in his purpose in the prophecy and her knowledge of him will help. But she's like, I don't really know anything about him besides he's stubborn, which is basically what she's been telling everyone the whole time. Yeah. And they kind of like go back and forth for a bit. You know, you should come. I don't want to come. And she tells her, okay, well, think about it. And she leaves her. And he was like, <gasps> now what? So yeah. she is, Elaine is nowhere to be found right now. So she goes out, I don't know, sightseeing and shopping for the afternoon and arrives later in the room to find Elaine there. And Elaine has. I don't think she goes sightseeing and shopping. I think she's going looking for Elaine. Oh, I, I mean, she's essentially just walking around the town. <laughs> She is, yes, but she's she's like Belle at the beginning of, 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 of the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> she's wandering, singing. Oh god! So she's looking for Elaine, maybe maybe shopping, window shopping, and she finds Elaine later in the room. Something is weird to me about Elaine in the second part of my chapter. Okay, something seems weird. I'll I'll tell you. This seems weird already. Just that she's standing in the room and it seemed suspicious the way it was written. And she has two stone rings. And Nynaeve is like, oh, why don't you have the original? You know, that's probably the more powerful one. And she says, well, listen, I don't need the original because we're not going anywhere. So I don't know. Something about this interaction felt a little um, odd Well, to she me. says, I hope one of those is the original because Nynaeve is hoping that they'll, that elaine has finally uh, agreed with her that it's time to leave mm-hmm. and so she's like you know if we're gonna take anything with us let's take the original especially um yeah anyway so, so it's just more I of think... that kind of thing yeah more exactly. of the same okay yeah. it just something just felt weird to me about the interaction i got suspicious but you know me i'm always on guard now yeah. so they um you're like, that person blinked, and so I'm pretty <laughs> convinced that they're Black Aja now. Something just felt weird about it. Like, has she been approached by Tarna Affair? Tarna Affair. Tarna, uh, like, out in the wild after she left the room? Just something, I don't know. Something felt weird to me. But I'm glad I'm just paranoid. So, um, basically what Elaine is saying is that the whole thing with Tarna didn't make her any more swayed to leave if anything it made her realize they have to stay because now they don't know what tarna said in that meeting and what she's capable of and only the two of them can sway the hall to not return to the tower yeah i feel like i don't know okay in my mind as a reader i would be shocked if they were actually going to do that return to the tower oh return yeah but i yeah i mean i guess from their point of view i get it but i don't know as a reader i would be shocked so if that ends up happening i would be shocked but okay she's um they have a compromise elaine has sort of a a plan that works for both of them she says 
you know, I've heard you've spoken about this use of the need, or I think maybe Egwene did, or they learned about the use of using the need in Teleron Riyadh to to find something, like to you know focus on it, what you're like needing to discover, and mm-hmm. you'll you'll be there, whatever. It's like an advanced move in <laughs> Teleron Riyadh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Elaine is like, why don't we try to do that tonight? And we'll we know we want the hall to listen to us so we'll we'll focus on the need for the hall to not go to the tower and try it and if we don't find anything we can bounce but if we do we're gonna we're gonna use it to our advantage and many of like fine so that night they arrive and they go to bed with the rings they go to tell ron riad nervous <clears throat> elaine is in brigida cosplay <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I guess this is what makes her feel brave uh, yeah. without knowing it. And she kind of like has a little blend of her and Brigida. And Nynaeve is wearing a blue dress that she's kind of like, why would I pick this? <clears throat> Do you think the blue dress is significant? Because I was thinking Elaine is dresses Brigida basically because it makes her feel brave. Do you think the blue dress is like a nod to Moiraine? It's actually a nod to Lan, because blue is one of his favorite colors. Oh, that's even cuter. Yeah. I was thinking it was like, oh, maybe, like, even though she has this disdain for Moiraine, maybe she uh, admires her use of the power in some way, and so that made her feel strong. Lan. (laughs) Plus, you can also see, I think, in that chapter... Robert Jordan writes that it's like super low cut, so she's yeah. like thinking about Lan and being like, "Hey, hey, hey!" I did realize it was low cut, and I was like, "Oh." So she is like, "This won't do," and changes into two rivers. Well, they kind of have a moment with what each other were wearing, but they move on because more important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> and they close their eyes together and they focus on the need they have to solve this problem. And Teleronriad swoops and shifts around them, and they open their eyes, and they're in holding hands in the cobblestone street. And after some time, they realize they're in Tarvalon, and they are noticing, they're seeing other people's little dreams and nightmares happen around them, which is interesting and disturbing. People falling from towers and running from nightmares. And for a moment, Elaine swears she sees Egwene. Mm-hmm. And they're like, never mind that, we've got things to do, this is kind of weird, but whatever. And the they focus on where they need to be. They focus on the need again, and the room shifts, and they're in a storeroom. And it's really neat shelving with neatly tidied boxes all over of different types and all different types of probably Sir Angriel, Angriel, and Angriel. Are we supposed to know where this is? No. Okay. Because I was like, hmm, I wonder where they are as well. They don't know where they are, but they're like, this is interesting but what is the point of being here seems pointless mm-hmm. and i'm thinking in my head elaine you are an ungreal kind of gal same pointless <laughs> but they figure there's some sort of clue in all of this we don't really know how to do this quite yet so they um they're like well maybe we need a tarongreal maybe that's what it is and it's not i don't know why they suppose it's not in tarvalon but they decide that it's oh, not in tarvalon I- I think they d- decide that because they, they're they like, well, we're not going to have a chance of getting to it in Tarvalon because Elida has run of the city. So we need to fig- we need to find something that's not in Tarvalon. Oh, I see. Okay. So they're basically like, that's off limits because we would have no chance in there. Not because they have some yeah. sort of clue that what they're looking for is not in Tarvalon. Correct. Okay. So I think Nynaeve asks, or Elaine asks, if there's a way to exclude this place from like future searches. 
And I was like, is this Google? She wants to do a, a Boolean search. <laughs> I was like, this is so advanced. <laughs> uh, but basically, they're, that's what that's what they're trying to do. They they set in their mind that Tarvalon is not an option, and, and they truly believe it. And so they hope that it's excluded. And it seems to work. They continue to focus harder every time they find themselves in different locations that they don't know where they are. Strange towns with spires in the distance, dark areas. And they're realizing this could take a while. And they eventually find themselves... In a dusty room, uh, covered in, uh, oh, oh, they find themselves further in another room with a bunch of items around them, and they're standing in front of a rusted chest, a chest that's rusted shut. So they're like, "This is probably what we need." They open it up. They believe it to be opened. It opens before them, and there are two swords in there, and like cloth, clothing wrapped parcels all over, mm-hmm. and. Nynaeve closes her eyes again, and they shift, and they reach out. Or Nynaeve reaches out when she opens her eyes. Her and Elaine are both holding on to an item together, or they both have contact with an item. They get excited. They dig it out. It's like in a hoarder'sy kind of pile of stuff. And they get it out, and it's a crystal shallow bowl with clouds etched into it. It's basically, in my mind, like when you go to an an Italian restaurant and they give you one of those, what looks like a huge bowl of pasta, but it's really shallow. And so it's a misleading amount of pasta that you're getting. 100%. How dare they? (laughs) Um, It sounds beautiful, whatever it is. And uh, they're like, this is it. This has to be something. And Elaine, I think, channels or tries to channel a little, little bit into it. And then he's like, yeah. are you crazy? And Elaine's like, I just had to figure out. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. I just had to figure out what this is for. And she says it's, she knows it has to do with controlling weather. And mm. this must be something. And then he like, how does that help us find what we need? And Linny's quote to the rescue, what you need isn't always what you want. <laughs> and that soothed anybody. <laughs> but uh, she tells Nynaeve, in addition to this, I feel when I did that, I know there are other Angriel, possibly so Angriel, Angriel around me. So this room is important and we need to discover where we are. So they decide to leave the room and they're going through kind of like corridors that could be anywhere. They arrive in a street that could be anywhere. Nothing is specific. And they are looking around and find themselves separated. And then finally... Moments later, find themselves strangely reunited. Didn't even know how they got separated. And they don't know where they are. But Elaine says, we must be the process of elimination in Ebudar. Have we heard about this place before? It's been, like, mentioned, but nobody's been there that we've seen yet. Okay, good. I was like, okay. And it's a few hundred miles down the river from where they are in Solidar. And now Elaine is in a green silk dress with a bunch of cleavage. I don't know <laughs> what the significance of this is, but Robert Jordan made uh, sure wait, to Wait, did you it. say Elaine? Yes. I think it's uh, Ebudar fashion. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, they decide that the new plan is we need to figure out we got to go to Ebudar, or maybe get the group to go to Ebudar. Are they trying to go to Ebudar, or they want the Aes Sedai to go to Ebudar instead of the tower? They're trying to go to Ebudar. And and go to find that room with the Angriel and all of that. Yes. Okay. Yes. And do they, they don't know what it's for yet because their no. original plan was to just, you know, persuade 
the hall to do something, but now they're basically like, well, this means something, so we're just going to go on that, right? Yeah, so they're basically looking for something that will help them convince the Saladar Aes Sedai that they need to support Rand, mm-hmm. and they're thinking that they can use something in this room of Tarongriel to do that. Okay, and they're hoping that the significance of an item in that room will want that will warrant that, or they're going to use the power <laughs> of a um, Tarongriel to do that. They're hoping that the significance of it will okay. convince them. That's a big whim, but I'm I'm all for it. So yeah, uh, that's the plan. They don't know exactly even where in the town to find this room, but they have a general idea. So they're gonna see what they can do, and. Yeah. Uh, Elaine continues to assure Nynaeve she knows what she's doing and to trust her with the Angriel and the channeling and stuff. So they they find no no more clues, but they uh, decide, okay, let's wake up. And um, they set on what they're going to do. And then Elaine's like, okay, I'm going to go back to bed. And Nynaeve was going to go back to bed, but then she remembers her homework was to stay up. And she's like, oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't follow my homework. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I could do it now. So she paces around and she thinks about how wonderful it would be to channel freely. And it says, the last line is, she never even noticed the, cheer- the tears that began leaking down her cheeks. Nynaeve, she just wants to channel. I know. She's been resisting thing. it this whole time and truly she just wants to channel without the block. Yeah. Well. well. <laughs> Owen Wilson, well. <laughs> Uh, chapter 14 is called Dreams and Nightmares, and the sigil is the Dream Ring. And basically, we pick up from a few moments ago, but from the perspective of Egwene, who is, had been in uh, Teleron Riyadh in Tarbalon and had indeed spotted Nynaeve and Elaine, and is like, What the, what are, A, what are the chances? B, what the hell? Like, ha- hopefully, they didn't recognize me. Uh, and, you know, just thought that I was, like, a figment of their imagination or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, but she has been kind of, as we know, Egwene has been forbidden from entering Teleron Riyadh following the fight with Lanfear and is breaking the rules as per usual. <laughs> And it has been kind of freaked out by this because she has seen more people in the dream world who, other than, you know, other than the people who like dream themselves there for a moment, but people who are there for longer periods of time and are clearly aware that they're in the dream world and is like, who are these people and why are they here? And she's, you know, specifically has seen Leanne. uh, Well, she doesn't recognize her as Leanne, but has seen Leanne in that same room where Nynaeve had had found her looking at a blue table before. Mm-hmm. And she had seen the woman who we know is also Swan, although she doesn't recognize her. Uh, but she had has seen both of them kind of like popping up around Tarvalon and is like, who are they? Um, you know, and, and is trying to figure out why there's so many people in the dream world suddenly, because she doesn't know that uh, Elaine has been copying Tarangriel. Mm-hmm. And so she has been, you know, trying to figure out what Elida is up to so that she can learn something about her plans that could be useful to, you know, the Aiel or the Wise Ones or Rand or Nynaeve and Elaine. Um, 
but, you know, ends up jumping out of Teleron Riyadh and into kind of the the void uh, of space between everyone's dreams, where I basically just imagine her literally floating in space with a bunch of, like, sparkling lights around, like little stars. A hundred percent. It's like Rosalina in the middle of the universe. <laughs> But she's That's like exactly a it. point of light herself, kind of. <laughs> um, so she, you know, we we learn that she basically has been able to kind of learn how to find specific people's dreams and enter them and send messages to them through their dreams. And she spots a few different people she knows, including Rans, which are warded against entry. Mm-hmm. And uh, she... As she's looking around, there's one kind of pinprick of light, one person's dream that kind of like catches her attention. Uh, and then a few moments later, she knows that it notices it's like moving toward her, which she's like, this is weird. Like that shouldn't be happening. And eventually it like comes towards her and like fully envelops her. And she finds herself in a dream with uh, Rand and Gowan, who are fighting over her at, with swords. And uh, in the dream, like, Rand is, like, kind of big and scary and uh, menacing, and Gowan is, like, rescuing Egwene from Rand. Uh, So we know that she is clearly in Gowan's dreams, and Gowan is dreaming of her and, you know, rescuing her and, and, you know, wanting her to love him and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he does kill Rand in his dream and, you know, tells Egwene that he loves her. And uh, Egwene is like, this is too intense. I need to get out of here. And is like trying to claw her way out of the dream, but is not succeeding. And uh, she kind of fails to escape his dream and succumbs to his kisses. Uh, And then we get a point of view shift. And basically, then we get Nynaeve uh, again um, in her room in Saladar, sitting on the stool trying to stay awake, even though she's so tired. Uh, And she is on the stool and hears a scream outside in the night and uh as she well rather she stands up you know kind of stretches a little bit hears a scream outside and as she hears it the stool that she was sitting on like flies and hits her in the back and knocks her against the door uh and she is like what the fuck and elaine wakes up and they start hearing more screaming and shouting all throughout Saladar, and Nynaeve immediately is like, uh-oh, as, like, some of the furniture in their room starts to, like, slide around, uh, and Nynaeve is like, oh, this is this is a bubble of evil. This is not good. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, we have to wake anybody up who's still asleep. Like, hopefully, you know, nobody's still sleeping after hearing all of the screaming, but, you know, people could be dead before they are even awake, so we need to get them all up. So they run out into the next door in their building, uh, where where there are four other accepted sharing this room. And they are basically, <laughs> this whole scene is basically the uh, uh, penultimate scene in Beauty and the Beast, where all of the furniture and appliances are attacking everyone. Mm-hmm. It's it, exactly, that's exactly what yeah. it sounds like. <laughs> so in this one, like some of the sheets are strangling some women um, and Nynaeve manages to like get one of them to help her yank the sheets away from their like throats and is like not really succeeding because she'll like yank it away and then it'll immediately snap back and start choking them and 
finally uh the sheet goes like kind of like flying toward the ceiling and uh Nynaeve realizes that Elaine has like channeled the sheet uh and you know held it in place and it's kind of canceled out whatever you know bubble of evil is like animating it to choke people mm-hmm. and then uh you know they go running out into the street where there are like some bodies on the ground some uh, like a man has uh, an axe has like gone flying into him and uh they are pretty much immediately greeted by Anaya who is instructs them to form a circle because she's like we've been ready for this uh we are uh we've been ready for an attack from the forsaken and we're going to be ready not realizing, of course, that this is not a, a forsaken attack. It's a, a bubble of evil, but whatever. Um, and so in the circle that Anaya instructs them to form uh, is also Nicola, the one of the women from Gaelden that they had rescued. Mm-hmm. And they link, and this is, I think, the first time that Nynaeve has been part of a circle um, because she kind of is like, uh, amazed at like the feelings that she feels in uh, connection with these women um, and feels like their emotions and their fear and their hope and their relief and some of the calm that's coming from the Aes Sedai and um, she's like feels closer to them than she could have any sister is what RJ writes as if they were all of one flesh. Um, and then she is like immediately like, uh oh, like, can they hear my thoughts? Can they kind of think or feel, get clarity on what I'm thinking? But she's like, no, no, it's just feelings. And they wouldn't be able to distinguish who they're coming from anyway. Mm-hmm. But Elaine cleverly removes the Adam bracelet before joining the circle. Uh, and Nynaeve was like, ooh, that was good thinking. Like, who knows what could have happened if, uh, you know, a sister with an Adam had joined a, a circle. Like, would they have been able to sense Megedian? Who knows? I know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So once they're all in there in the circle, uh, suddenly Nicola has kind of a, a weird moment where she speaks, but sounds half asleep. And she says, the lion, the lion sword, the dedicated spear, she who sees beyond three on the boat and he who is dead yet lives the great battle done, but the world not done with battle, the land divided by the return and the guardians balance the servants, the future teeters on the edge of a blade. And Anaya is like, huh? <laughs> what? And Nicola's like, did I say something? Like, I feel weird. And Anaya is like, if you're going to be sick, get it over with. Like, linking takes some women funny the first time. And, uh, you know, basically it's like, move out, move on, let's move on. And and they start kind of marching through the city and uh, channeling to hold things still. And once they, you know, grab it with the power, it, uh, it n- doesn't move again. Um, so they are able to, you know, kind of keep ropes from finding their way around people's necks and uh you know sticks of firewood from breaking people's heads open and things like that and this goes on for a while um and then eventually uh they are they're kind of like done and Anaya's like all right uh you know I think I think we've got it under control now and she's like this is not what i expected from a forsaken attack and um Nynaeve says it was not a forsaken it was a bubble of evil and everyone stares at her and elaine explains that they had seen one in the stone of tear and she's like and obviously if a forsaken was going to attack us he wouldn't toss sticks about is her <laughs> exact <laughs> phrasing um 
And Anaya's like, okay, well, whatever. Elaine, you seem to have plenty of energy left. Like, you will help with the healing. And then she's about to tell Nynaeve, too. Uh, but then she realizes Nynaeve has lost Sidar and says, like, you look tired enough to be carried to bed anyway. So you go to bed. And she kind of directs some of the others to join circles and, and help with healing the injured. Mm-hmm. And before she is able to go off, Nynaeve tries to tell Anaya that she and Elaine found something, uh, you know, the Terangriel in Teleronriad. And Anaya's like, not right now. Like, I have people to heal. Go to bed before you fall over. (laughs) And Nynaeve notices there was something a little strange in Anaya's reaction. Like, she's like, did she seem, like, almost disappointed that this wasn't a Forsaken attack? But she's like, whatever. Like... I'm I'm so tired. I need to go. I need to go to sleep. But then she spots Theodrin as she's heading back toward her room and is like, "Ugh, God. Well, Anaya told me to go to sleep, but you know, we'll see. And and you know, maybe I'll fall asleep. And Theodrin can make what she wants of it because Anaya told me to, and I have to follow the orders of Anaya Sedai. And that is the end of chapter fourteen. Dreams mm. and nightmares. Dreams and nightmares, indeed. Hmm. What was your favorite part of these two chapters? Ooh. Hmm. So much happened, I feel like. I mean, it's been a while since I've read the book, so I guess a lot was bound to happen. (laughs) I, while I'm very intrigued by that, like, prophecy sort of feeling moment that just happened in your chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While that intrigues me, uh, I think my favorite moment is when they all link together and the way oh, yeah. Nynaeve describes the feeling and how, like, it fills her because it feels like, it seems like for her, it's like being able to get a taste of channeling without anger and yeah. to feel, like, companionship. And, uh, you know, I, it was a nice, it was, I liked the way it was written. It was a good moment for Nynaeve, and I hope it's, like, helpful in her journey to break down her block. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really, I just loved the way she described it because I think you're right. I don't think we've heard her um or seen her link with anybody yet so yeah i think that was my favorite part what about you yeah i like that part too um i also kind of like the organized i said i response to this attack that they think is from the forsaken so it's kind of interesting because i feel like the um sort of mode of operation for a lot of the Aes Sedai so far has been sort of like um, head in the sand sort of uh, mode of operation about what's happening in the world. And so to see them have like some organization and uh, response to danger like proactively is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think it is also interesting that they were like, oh, this this wasn't a forsaken attack. Like it was just <laughs> kind of funny that they're like, we are ready, but they were like ready for not the thing they thought they were going to be ready for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I wonder if they were thinking, well, if it is a forsaken attack and this was this, I wonder if we have any idea what we're in for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, so I think that was probably my favorite part. I like these two chapters. Me too. I'm excited to just be back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Seeing Nynaeve, I mean, Egwene again was kind of cool too, because it's been a while. It's really been a while for Egwene. So yeah, I was happy to see her too. I'm wondering why that dream was was pushed towards her. Mm, like, maybe we'll find out. Yeah, who did that? <laughs> Interesting. Well, did you know that for $0 a month, you can help support our podcast simply by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you are using to listen to this episode? That's correct. And the best way for other people to find out our, our podcast 
podcast is through word of mouth. <laughs> so tell a friend, post about us on Reddit, carve it into a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. Find somewhere to spread the word. Also, the social media for our pod- podcast is Cool Story Pod on Instagram and Cool Story Pod One on the artist formerly known as X. Uh, you can email us at coolstorypod at gmail.com. We do love getting emails, so send us one. Yes, and you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash n and Matt. We're on a brief pause for new content, but there's a ton of content on there and more coming in the wintertime. So stay tuned and check it out in the meantime. Yeah. And if you want, you can buy me a coffee or buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash n and Matt. Thanks so much for listening to Cool Story. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.